is the climax, the high point of, of the letter that Paul writes to the church in Rome. This is the, the chapter where Paul ties it all together, all of the former discussion, everything that's gone on that before, everything we've talked about up to this point, all comes together and culminates in Romans chapter 8. And this is where Paul tells us how we can overcome sin, how we can live a holy, sanctified, separated life uh, unto God through the power of the Holy Ghost. And the main thrust of Romans chapter 8 is, is that we can only accomplish that kind of life by walking after the spirit and not after the flesh. The main contrast in Romans chapter 8 is the contrast between flesh and spirit. That's the main focus of the chapter as Paul reminds his readers that the life-giving power of the Holy Ghost. How many are Holy Ghost filled? Amen. This is a spirit-filled church. Amen. Life-giving power of the Holy Ghost is only effective to those who allow the spirit to work in their lives. It's only effective to those who allow the Spirit to change their lives. So in our text this morning, Paul presents to us two ways of living. Life after the flesh and life after the Spirit. Kind of sets up a theme. We'll be in this, this little passage for several weeks. But I'm just going to cover two verses this morning. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Romans 8 and 5. If you do not have your Bible, the verses will be on the screens. You can see them there. It says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. I'm going to read the fifth verse again, then we'll get into our, our, our lesson, the exposition of the verse. But it says this, for they that are after the flesh... Do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. The NASB translates that verse this way. It says, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Kenneth Wiest in Wiest Word Studies offers this translation for that verse. He says, for those who are habitually dominated by the flesh, put their minds on the things of the flesh. This morning, no matter how you translate the subtle nuances of the Greek language, you come up with a powerful statement that tells us that there are two possible approaches to life. One can live according to the flesh and continually set their minds upon the things of the flesh, or an individual can live according to the Spirit and keep their mind on the things of the Spirit. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the fork in the road in the book of Romans. We've come to the place where you have to make a turn. You can either go right or you can go left, but we cannot continue on. Amen. This is the place of decision and choice. And before us, there stand two ways, uh, two distinct and different paths, uh, two different approaches to life. One is life after the flesh or life according to the flesh and the other is life after the spirit or life according to the spirit one leads to blessing and provision the other leads to heartache and strife one leads to life eternal and the other leads to everlasting death no one will force us to choose a particular path this morning, but every one of us must choose one of the two paths. No one is going to come along and make your decision for you. No one is going to come along and constrain you to a particular decision, but you will make a choice. You have made a choice, and you will continue to make a choice about which of those paths that you walk in. It's a choice that you make every single day of your life. It is a choice that is constantly before you. We decide, not by the word of our mouths, not by the profession of our faith, not just because we, we say that we choose one path. Uh, we decide which path that we walk by our actions. By the things that we do, we determine which of these two roads that we will walk. Will we set our minds on the things of the flesh or will we set our minds on the things of the Spirit? To set our minds, and that's, that's one translation of, of the text uh, that where it says to mind the things. One translation is to set our minds on. That, that phrase in the Greek means to focus the mind or the attention, to be preoccupied with something, to, to have it as the focus uh, of your attention. Either the things of the flesh or the things of the spirit uh, are going to be your preoccupation patient. They're going to captivate your mind. And I have to stress this morning that this really is an either or prospect. These two roads represent two polar opposites. One is north and the other is south. And even the greatest fool and the least of woodsmen understands that you cannot travel north on a southerly route. Now, you can go east on a southerly route, and you can go west by south, but you can't go north by south. And there's no way that you can travel a southerly route with a northern bearing. It just doesn't work. Uh, they are opposite directions. You cannot go north uh, and south at the same time. Uh, and it is true this morning uh, that you cannot walk after the flesh uh, in a spiritual kind of way. Uh, you can't walk after the flesh uh, with a spiritual kind of bearing. Uh, you can't walk after the spirit uh, and maintain the things uh, of the flesh. Uh, you can't walk after the spirit uh, and do it in a carnal, fleshly kind of way. 
John MacArthur said that this idea of setting the mind on either the spirit or the flesh refers to the basic orientation of your life. Your life is oriented in a direction. And it shows up in the decisions that you make. It shows up in the places that you go. It shows up in the words that come out of your mouth. It shows up uh, in your day-to-day actions. You can profess one thing, uh, but the orientation, the direction of your life uh, is revealed by the activity of your life. Either walking after the flesh or walking after the spirit when the basic orientation of your life is fleshly it means that you're constantly preoccupied with the things of the flesh that means obeying the flesh and letting the flesh control your life those who choose to walk after the flesh uh, put their priorities on the things of the flesh Uh, they put their priorities on uh, the things that this carnal man desires Uh, they cater primarily to the needs and the desires uh, of this physical man they seek to gratify the flesh and they do that to the detriment of the spirit they live lives that we said are habitually dominated by the flesh habitually dominated by carnality and by fleshliness habitually dominated by the things of this world they are under the power under the influence of a carnal mind they adopt the value system of the world They strive for worldly success. They strive for fame, wealth, material possessions, and power, and they do that to the detriment of their spirit. They they sacrifice spiritual things for fleshly things. Uh, Amen. They sacrifice a walk with God uh, for the things that they desire of this world. Uh, They are concerned primarily with things that involve this present life. Now, before you stop and say, now, Brother McCall, he's preaching about saints and sinners this morning. I'm not. uh, Amen. Paul wasn't preaching uh, to saints and sinners. Uh, Paul was preaching to people who were saved uh, by the grace of God uh, who had a choice to make. uh, And there were some in the church uh, who were living uh, after the world, uh, who were pursuing the pursuits uh, of the flesh, who had made a decision uh, to pursue those things uh, that were worldly and carnal to the detriment of their walk with God. We're not talking about the choice for salvation this morning. We're not talking about the choice to to serve God or not to serve God in that initial salvation experience. We're talking about the choice that you make every single day of your life. Will I I pursue the things of God or will I pursue the things of this world? Which way am I going to set my direction today? Which way am I going to walk? Which way am I going to go? How is my life going to progress uh, on this day what is the general bearing and the direction uh, of my life and you may say brother McCall well I'm a follower of Jesus Christ Uh, I'm a member of the church Uh, I pursue the things of God Uh, but it isn't by the words of your mouth uh, that these things are judged Uh, it is by the actions that you do 
is by where you put your feet that you determine where you walk. And those that are after the flesh, we know they're after the flesh because they mind the things of the flesh. They are concerned primarily with the things of this present life. They're concerned primarily with what is happening here and now, today, with the immediate consequence, with the, the, the immediate uh, uh, fruition of blessing, with the immediate thing that they want to gain and gather and garner unto themselves in this life. They give no real thought uh, to the eternal consequence uh, of the choices they make on a day-by-day -day basis. They give no real uh, spiritual thought uh, to, to the eternal impact of uh, of the footsteps that they take and the choices that they make and the decisions that they settle on a day-to-day -day basis. They mind the things of the flesh. They don't stop to consider the spiritual impact of what they're doing right now. They get so blinded by the flesh that they live their life day Let me tell you how people backslide. Good Holy Ghost filled people, good church people that, that love God. Let me tell you how you slide from the front pew out the back door. It's whenever you get caught up, so caught up in this life and living it that you neglect the things that really matter. It's when you get so caught up in the pursuit uh, of all the carnal stuff uh, and all the things that are immediate and temporary and temporal until you neglect the one thing that really matters uh, until everything else supplants uh, your walk with God uh, and your relationship with God uh, until you slide right out of the church house and you never intended to go there and you never intended to end up that way and you never thought it would go that direction. You thought you were walking after the Spirit, but your footsteps revealed uh, the direction that you were taking and the choices that you're making. They don't stop to consider what I do today impacts me. It impacts my family. It impacts my children. It impacts everyone who is watching my life. The decision I make right now, it's just the moment. It's just the temporary thing. It's all about the here and the now. They mind the things of flesh. It's all about a momentary satisfaction. It's all about a momentary pleasure. They never weigh their choices beyond the moment. It's just right here, right now. So they live their life in the fleshly realm, caught up in the fleeting moment, and they give no real thought to spiritual and eternal things. On the other hand, when the basic orientation of your life is spiritual, it means that you are 
constantly preoccupied with the things of the Spirit. That means following the leading of the Spirit and letting the Spirit take control uh, of your life, the desires, the goals, the decisions uh, of a spiritually minded person uh, are determined by the truth uh, of the Word of God. Uh, Those who make this choice uh, to pursue the things of the Spirit, uh, to mind the things of the Spirit, uh, put their priorities uh, on the will of God. Uh, They put their priorities uh, on what thus saith the Lord. Uh, They put their priorities uh, on the kingdom of God and his right. The Bible said uh, they seek first uh, the kingdom of God uh, and his righteousness. They're sensitive to the Spirit. They're faithful in prayer. They're faithful to Bible study. They're faithful to Sunday morning church. They're faithful to Sunday night church. They're even faithful to Wednesday night church uh, because faithfulness matters. Uh, They set those things as a priority for the life. They support the work of God both with their time and their energy and their effort and, yes, with their finances uh, because you can make finances a God to you and you can make finances an idol to you and you can set that up as something that is higher than God in your life and those that mind the things things of the spirit. Uh, They submit everything in their life uh, to God. Uh, They put everything in submission to God. Job is in submission to God. Pursuit of education is in submission to God. Pursuit of worldly honor and prestige and position is put in submission to God. Material gain is put in submission to God. Everything falls uh, under submission to the spirit uh, in the presence of God. They're faithful in prayer. They're faithful in the word of God. They're faithful in their study. Uh, They're faithful in their church attendance. They're faithful in their support uh, of the man of God, the work of God, the church, because they are spiritually minded people who are spirit-filled and spirit-led. A whole lot of people have been spirit-filled and haven't let the spirit lead them. I know I'm right down where the rubber meets the road. That's okay. I'm pastor. Amen. There are too many people in the church that have been spirit-filled that are not spirit-led. Too many people in the church have had the Holy Ghost in their lives that know what it is to be apostolic and to be filled with the Spirit of God but don't know what it is to let the Spirit influence your life and your decisions and the choices that you make and the things that you do. Church isn't just something that we do. Church is who we are. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ in this world. It permeates every aspect of your life. It's not just a place on your calendar. It's not just an appointment that you may have to keep. It's not just something that you can turn on on Sunday and turn off on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday or whenever. It is something that is the very fabric of your being. If the basic orientation of your life is spiritual and not carnal. It is your very existence. You are the church. You should live a life with a spiritual focus. This is more than just a social club. This is more than just a place where we get together and meet and greet and and I can come if I like the folks and I don't have to come if I don't like the folks. That isn't what this is. I'm called to love my brother and my sister whether I like them or not. Come on, I've loved some people I didn't like. I'm just going to be honest with you. There have been some folks along the way and through the years. I've been in church all my life. There have been some folks I just didn't really care for. But I loved them like a brother and a sister because that's what the Bible tells me I've got to do. 
I can say, well, I don't like him, so I'm not going to love him. Guess who's going to miss heaven? It's not going to be him. It's going to be me because I haven't let the love of God be shined abroad in my heart. Amen. Church is more than just a place where I get together with like-minded people. It's on a whole different level from my job. It's on a whole different level from my hobbies. It's on a whole different level from my other carnal activities that I'm involved in. Uh, Amen. It is the wellspring of my life. This is where I come in contact. With the people of God, this is where we worship corporately together. Yes, I have a prayer life. Yes, I study my Bible at home. Yes, the Holy Ghost meets me in my living room in the morning before the sun comes up. But I get something here that I can't get anywhere else. I get something in the corporate worship of the people of God. There's something that happens at the church house that doesn't happen anywhere else. Amen. You're not there in the Sunday morning, Monday morning, or Tuesday morning when the Holy Ghost meets with me. There's not that community union of the brethren. There's not that fellowship of knowing there's somebody that stands beside me. There's like-minded people just like me. I get something in the house of God that I don't get anywhere else. Something happens here that matters more to me than anything anywhere in the world. I get something at church that takes precedent over everything else in my life that takes precedent over every other pursuit, every other thing, every other hobby, every other portion of my life because this is the most important thing in the world to me. This is more important to me than my job, and I love my job. I I, I got a great job. I'm paid well to do just a little bit of work, amen. I'm thankful for a company that, that has taken care of me, and I believe God's blessed them and blessed me, amen, and I'm thankful for that, but this is more important to me than that. Uh, this this is more important to me than the things that my flesh does. I love to hunt and I love to fish and I I like I, I can't stand to golf. I don't even know what golf is. Uh, amen. But I, I'd rather be a church uh, than to be on a golf course. I'd rather be a church uh, than to be in a deer stand. I'd rather be a church uh, than to be standing in the river somewhere. I'd rather be a church than to be hauling slab crappie uh, out of a treetop somewhere because this is more important to me than anything else in the world. They that walk after the Spirit, their entire life is oriented in that direction. Uh, Amen. If you walk after the Spirit, uh, you seek after spiritual things. Uh, You hunger and you thirst uh, after righteousness. Your soul longs uh, for the presence of God. uh, And nothing is more important to you than that. Here's the key to the verse. Back when we were talking about justification, we talked about the dominion of sin and how that when we were sinners, we lived under sin's dominion. But we also talked about how salvation moves me out of the dominion of sin. I'm no longer under sin's authority. When I die out to my flesh at an altar of repentance, when I am buried with Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism, when I am filled with his spirit in the resurrection and life, the dominion of the sin nature in my life is broken. I'm no longer under the dominion of the flesh. 
But that's not the end of the story. We found out later in the book of Romans that we will always be under the dominion of something. Paul used the illustration of a slave. He used the illustration of a wife. Uh, amen. We will always, there, there, was, there was the one husband who was abusive, and there was the, the second husband after he died who was loving. Uh, amen. But there was always going to be that source of submission. There was always going to be something that you yielded your life to. And we find out that although we've been set free from the dominion of the flesh, uh, we're always going to be under the dominion of something. And so now we have a choice. Now we have to choose between uh, the, the flesh uh, and the spirit. Uh, we can live under the dominion of the flesh uh, or we can live under the dominion of the spirit. Uh, well, Brother McCall, then what's the difference? Uh, the difference is that now you have a choice. Uh, before, you didn't have any choice. Uh, you were born into sin. Uh, you were formed in iniquity. Uh, you didn't have any decision in that. You didn't have any choice in that. But when he washed you in his blood, uh, when he cleansed you by his power when he spoke his name over you and filled you with his spirit he moved you out of that dominion you don't have to live there anymore you don't have to walk that way anymore you don't have to be under that power and authority anymore but you've got to submit to something and either you submit to him or you go back to that there is no middle ground there is no neutral space. The, the dominion of the flesh is the dominion of the sin nature. It's the dominion of death and bondage. And the dominion of the spirit is the dominion of the will and the purpose of God in our lives. It's the dominion of life and liberty. And the two are mutually exclusive. And everyone lives under the dominion of one or the other. The main purpose of verse 5 in Romans chapter 8 is to begin to highlight the radical difference between living after the flesh and living after the spirit. Paul is serving notice on all of us that we are supposed to be living our lives in the realm of the spirit. We're supposed to live under spiritual dominion. The main question then this morning is which road are you choosing? Which way are you living? How are you living your life? What story do your decisions and choices tell? Which dominion are you living under? Does the flesh rule you? Are you governed by the things of this world? Uh, or does the spirit rule you? Uh, are you governed by the will and the purpose of God uh, for your life? Uh, do the carnal appetites uh, of this fleshly man, uh, do they direct your life? Uh, or do they take uh, the preeminent role? Uh, over all of your decision processes uh, is the course of your life determined uh, and influenced uh, by fleshly things uh, or are you led by the spirit uh, do you walk after the things of God do you strive for his righteousness uh, and his godliness do you make your day to day decisions based on will this move me closer to God I want to know him better let me tell you how you know which road you're walking on you can make that determination by examining your priorities. It is no accident 
that our theme this year is priorities. Because I didn't even, I hadn't even looked ahead to where we were going in the book of Romans. But God spoke to me way back at the end of last year. And started telling me we need to get some priorities in order in this church. Because your priorities reveal, they tell the story of which road you're on. They tell the story of which direction you're going. Amen. How do you prioritize your life? How do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? How do you spend your your thought process? Where does your mind dwell? What is the thing that occupies uh, your thoughts? What what kind of attitude do you have about spiritual things? What kind of attitude do you have about church? Uh, What kind of attitude do you have uh, about living for God? Where does the house of God fit uh, in the scheme of your life? Uh, Is the church something uh, that just fits in among the other things in your life? Uh, Is it one of many important things to you? uh, Or is it the prevailing direction? Direction of your life is it the spiritual bent of your soul. The primary difference between those who walk after the flesh and those who walk after the spirit, listen, the primary difference is the value that you assign to temporary things as opposed to to eternal things. We live in a carnal, earthly, fleshly existence. Everything that surrounds us is temporary and fleeting. Homes, cars, possessions, material goods, those are all things that are just going to grow old with time. They're just going to waste away. Jobs are going to change. Trophies are going to fade. The things that seem so important right now will slowly lose their attraction over time. When viewed from a carnal perspective, uh, the things of this world seem so permanent. They seem so immediate. They seem so important. But when you look at them from a spiritual perspective, They're nothing more, as the Bible says, and my wife likes to quote, they're nothing more than wood, hay, and stubble. They're all going to burn. They're all going to burn. They're all going to pass away one of these days. And the only thing in life of any eternal consequence is the things that pertain to the Spirit of God. The only things in life that matter beyond the moment that you inhabit right now. In a hundred years, nobody's going to remember what your job title was. In a hundred years, nobody's going to remember what kind of vehicle you drove. In a hundred years, nobody's going to remember the house that you lived in, the trophies that you amassed, the things that you they're going to forget. Amen. In a hundred years, they're going to sit and wonder, what great granddaddy's name even was that's the truth the only thing that's gonna matter is the things that pertain to your spirit the things that pertain to your walk with God listen to your pastor this morning the main difference between the life that is dominated by the flesh and the life that is dominated by the spirit is how you handle the temporary things in your life. Because if you can see the temporary things for what they really are, 
And if you can ascribe the value that belongs to spiritual things over temporary things, you're walking the road of the Spirit. But if you allow the temporal things to block your view of spiritual things, if you let these paltry, minimal trinkets of life get between you and your walk with God and rob you of spiritual things. You walk the road of the flesh. The carnal man, the one who's after the flesh, minds the things of the flesh. He gives preeminence to temporary things at the expense of eternal things. He exalts the things of the flesh, the momentary pleasures of this world over the things of the spirit. It is the greatest tragedy of all time. The brief fleeting treasures of this life are exalted above the eternal blessings of heaven. That which is infinite, that which is boundless, that which is beyond expression is traded for that which is finite and small and quickly passing away. That which is priceless is exchanged for that which will be utterly worthless in the grand scheme of eternity. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They're earthly minded. They live in this present world for this present world. But they that are after the spirit They are in this world, but they're not of this world. They that are after the Spirit, uh, they live in this temporal world, uh, but they are unwilling to sacrifice the treasure of eternity for the trinkets of this life. Uh, They had determined uh, that nothing in this world uh, matters more to them uh, than the blessings of heaven. Uh, They live in this world, uh, but they do not live for this world. The spiritually minded man lives his whole life with heaven in view. He makes every choice with heaven in view. He makes every decision with the understanding of the eternal outcome. He puts his mind on the world to come instead of on the present world where he lives. Spiritual things take precedent over carnal things because he recognizes that there's only one road that leads to the destination that he's striving for. And that road is spiritual, not carnal. Verse 6, and I'm going to end real quickly. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded... To mind the things of the flesh. To give priority to fleshly things results in death. That is a reference both to one's present state and to the coming eternal state. Spiritually dead now. Eternally dead in eternity. The person controlled by his flesh is in a state of spiritual death right now, and will be in a state of spiritual death 
for all of eternity. So, well, Brother McCall, what is spiritual death? I thought when you died, you went to hell if you were lost. That don't sound like being dead. Being burned alive for eternity doesn't sound like being dead. You got to understand what spiritual death is. Then, you, then you'll understand why it applies here and then. Spiritual death is separation from God. That's spiritual death. Being cut off from God. Being separated from God. When you choose the things of the flesh over the things of the spirit, you choose to separate yourself from God. When you decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose the, the thing of the flesh instead of pursuing the things of the spirit, you take a step away from God. And when you make a series of those kind of decisions that determine the general orientation of your life, it is an orientation that is leading you away from God. That's why to be carnally minded is death. Because to be carnally minded takes me away from the house of God. It takes me away from the presence of God. It takes me away from the blessings of God. It takes me away from the protection of God. It takes me away from the provision of God. But to be spiritually minded is to say, I want to get closer to him. And every step I take and every choice I make and every decision I make takes me towards him. And the general direction, the general bent of my life, the overwhelming orientation of my life is towards him. That is to walk in blessing. That is to walk in provision. That is to walk in life. When you choose the things of the flesh over the things of the spirit, you choose death over life. And unless you find a place of repentance and turn your heart back to the pursuit of spiritual things rather than carnal things, that final result of that choice will be eternal death, judgment. Amen? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. I know I'm probably going long. Just bear with me. I'm going to finish here in just a minute. Life and peace. At conversion, we're raised from spiritual death to spiritual life. And we begin to live in a state of peace with God. We talked about this. And you, I don't know, some of you may remember early in this series of lessons sometime last year, we talked about that that when I'm saved, I'm restored to peace with God. I don't live in peace with God when I'm in sin. I live under condemnation. I live under guilt. I come into the house of God, and the preacher preaches and conviction grips my heart. There's not peace with God there. But when I'm saved, whenever I'm spiritually minded, whenever I'm walking up to the things of the Spirit, there's life and there's peace. With God. Harmony with God. Listen, I know what it is to live under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. I know what it is to feel like you sit in the house of God under the condemnation uh, of God. I lived there a lot of times as a young person. I know what it means uh, to live in that place where you're not at peace with God. Uh, but when you walk after the things of the Spirit, uh, amen, you're in peace with God. That's to be contrasted with the carnal mind. The carnal mind exists in a state of war with God. It exists in a state of hostility towards God, of hatred towards God, of of conflict with God. But the spiritual mind is peace with God. 
May I tell you there's a peace that passes understanding. There really is. There's a peace that washes over your spirit. And, and from your carnal view, everything in your life is chaos. But from the spiritual view, there's a peace that I can't explain. That comes from my right standing with God. I don't know how it works out. I just know he's going to work it out. I've got peace about it. I'm going to finish with this. Moses, when he brought the children of Israel into the promised land, presented them with two choices, blessing and curse, life and death. He said, God has promised. If you will follow him in this land that you now possess, he'll bless you and your children and their children after you. But if you don't follow God and you go after the things of the flesh and you pursue the idol gods of this country that you're living in, you, you get bogged down in the temporal, the temporary. There will be cursings and death. Joshua, at the end of his life, in the 24th chapter of the book of Joshua, after the military conquest of the promised land, as he got ready to go to his grave, Joshua told the people of God. He reminded them of the words of Moses. He reminded them of the blessing and the curse of the life and the death that was set before them. And he made this statement, and it's forever written into the history of the church. We've heard it preached over and over again. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day, he said. Make your decision for yourself. But as for me, I'm going to serve God. Would you stand with me? I believe we stand at a crossroads today. I know you came to church expecting just a normal, ordinary Sunday morning. There's less people here than there normally are, and pastor's just going to teach on the book of Romans. It's just going to be ordinary and normal, but I believe that we have been spiritually destined to stand at a crossroads in this house this morning. There are two trails that leave this place. Uh, one goes to life, uh, and one goes to death. Uh, one goes to blessing, and one goes to cursing. One pursues uh, the things of the Spirit, uh, and one pursues the things of the flesh and I stand before you as the pastor of this church to tell you if I could make the choice for you I would it's an easy decision for me if I could determine your direction for you if I could go before you and make the choices I'd do it I'd choose life I would choose blessing I would choose the presence of God and the house of God I can't make your choice. Just like Joshua couldn't make their choice. I can only decide for me. Let it be forever settled. Let it be written down and underlined and sealed. As for me and my house. I can tell you the choice I make. I choose life. I choose blessing. 
I choose to live after the things of the Spirit. I choose to make that a priority in my life. I choose to make church a priority. I choose to make God a priority. I choose to make a prayer life a priority. I choose to make reading my Bible a priority in my life. I choose to make following after him the main pursuit of my life. Because I choose life. And I choose blessing. But you're going to have to choose for yourself. And you have to make the choice. How many people have walked away from this kind of a service and this kind of a convicting anointing of the Holy Ghost that's in this house right now and said, well, Pastor, I'll make the choice another day. You made the choice. You have to decide. You have to choose. Which road will you walk? Which way will you go? Will you take steps today that that move you closer to him? If the general orientation of your life is in a different direction, will you make the step today that changes that direction? Will you choose him? Will you make him the priority? Will you choose life? I'm asking you to find a place of prayer this morning. The Holy Ghost is so rich in this house. The presence of God is moving in this place. And 